Hello everybody and welcome to Five Hole Fantasy Hockey. Today is Tuesday, the first day of 2019, January 1st. Uh, it's right around 4 o'clock. The Winter Classic just ended and I am finally feeling human and decided that uh, it's about time I hopped on the mic. Today I'm flying solo. Zach is doing some New Year's Eve stuff, New Year's Day stuff. So what I do want to cover this week is obviously the injuries, the returns. There's quite a few. You know, I mean, it's a really solid week. There's no real off nights. Um, Monday last night was really, uh, it was kind of heavy. And then, I mean, it's just a really even week. So you do have a few teams that um, that are playing a bunch of games. Like, I think I think there's like 12 teams playing four games. Uh, you got Carolina, Dallas, Detroit, Edmonton, Los Angeles, Nashville, New York Rangers, Ottawa, Philly, Pittsburgh, Vancouver, and Washington. And Toronto's the only team playing two games. But since it is such a spread out week that it's not necessarily detrimental entirely to your team uh if you if you stacked a little too heavy on toronto then you're going to be feeling it um dallas detroit new jersey new york rangers and pittsburgh they all have four games with our traditional off nights uh if i'm looking at dallas you got rupee hints right now on the top line he's a pretty sweet ad but he is getting no power play time so you got to keep an eye on that one with mike green being like two or three weeks into his three to five week timetable you're still going to get denny chalowski on the top line, so I'd, I'm going to look to Denny Cholo, considering all the defensemen that are on the shelf and your likely need for a replacement. He's he's going to be a cheap top power play guy, so you got to look at him. Uh, I would also look at Damon Severson, since they do have this uh, four-game spread out, really nice schedule. In the same aspect, I would think about Paul Zak at the same time. He's been pretty decent as of late. He does get top power play time while uh, Taylor Hall is out, uh, as does Travis Zajac. Uh, from Pittsburgh, Zach Aston Reese was most recently playing on the top line with Sidney Crosby that Brian Rust is out, so he's going to be somebody that I'm looking forward to. I mean, obviously you want to hit on anybody playing with Crosby, anybody playing with McDavid. That's, I mean, you guys know it just as well as I do. So it's going to be Gensel, Crosby, and Zach Aston Reese up there. Uh, and now that I do have um, the line combinations up right now, I'm going to check on Ruby Hintz, see if he's... No. So they got Denis Gurianov on the top line there. Now, Rupi Hintz is centering the second line with Alexander Radulov and Matthias Janmark. All right, so he could still be a pretty decent ad. Um, he's getting the top six, and he's playing with Radulov, so they are trying to spread some stuff out there. Uh, and as far as the New York Rangers go, um, Kevin Hayes is still available. He's only 37% owned in Yahoo, and he's just above 50 in ESPN. Philip Hedl just got scratched last uh, the last game. I think it was last night, so... I had him originally as the guy that I would be looking at, but for some reason they are um they're putting him in the press box. I think it's just a cold few games, but I mean that's that's to be expected. So I'm not sure exactly what uh what's going on with Philip Heedle, but I do like him if he gets back into the lineup in the right way. Alright, so let's dive right into now the injury report. We finally have a timetable for Vincent Trocek. Reports from Jameson Olive are giving us that first real timetable. Uh, reports are saying that he could start skating in the few weeks, putting him presumably back near early February. So another four weeks would be pretty sweet to get somebody like Trocek back in your lineups. Matt Dumba is going to be out for months. He had surgery on a ruptured pectoral, and recovery time is going to put him sometime in line with your fantasy hockey playoffs, and that's just hopeful right now. Um, Taylor Hall still day-to-day -day with a lower body injury. Did not play last night. His next opportunity is tomorrow night, so we're, we're going to see if he does actually slot back into the lineup. Um, Brian Rust, he is day-to-day -day with a lower body injury. He was one of the better streams in the past week or two, and 
Zach Aston Reese, like we were just saying, is utilized on Crosby's wing right now when Brian Rust went down in Saturday's game. Big one for your blue line here is Thomas Shabbat. He left Friday night's game against the Islanders. He only played he played just under nine minutes, so he he got hit by Matt Martin in kind of like the sh- the head and shoulder area. Um, he's going to be out three weeks. Uh, Cody Cece and Maxime Lejoie are the guys that I am immediately looking at, but Lejoie is getting the top power play job as of yesterday's practice. Lejoie is getting that one. Cece is actually getting no power play time at all. So another one here is Dustin Bufflin. Midway through the third period, Buff collided with Luke Coonan of the Minnesota Wild. He did not return, uh, kind of favoring his right leg. So he's on IR right now. He's going to be reevaluated around the All-Star break at the end of January. Max Pacioretty on IR, he's not supposed to be long-term, but he did not join the Knights on their road trip. So they are home against Los Angeles today. He will not play. Brennan Peary has been the guy playing on that second line with uh, Paul Stasny, who we're going to get to later. And Peary just keeps on finding ways to score. So uh, in the short term, definitely look at him. Uh, Charlie McAvoy did not play in the Winter Classic today. He missed Thursday's game as well. Uh, He's on IR. I'm going to be pretty... I, I mean, I've already dropped him because... I have, I have like six players on IR right now. I got Chason, who I'm still holding. I got Forsberg, who, I mean, that's self-explanatory. And I actually have Vincent Trocek in my IR spot. So um, I let go. Oh, sorry. I have Mike Green, too. So he, he's going to be coming back in like one week. So that's why I'm holding him. He's been pretty good. Just kind of like really low-key option on the waiver wire that I found one day. All right. Then you got Zach Hyman, uh, ankle injury. Uh, Carey Price landed on, on IR. With a lower body injury, Michael McNiven has gotten a call up under, under Antti Niemi because uh, Charlie Lindgren is injured at the moment. So he's being evaluated for a lower body injury. Just not a lot of really good things going on in there. I'm not too interested in Antti Niemi as far as if it turns out it's going to be a really sweet matchup, then I definitely like him as a stream, but that's it. Craig Anderson was placed on IR with a concussion. He's going to return hopefully sometime this week. They're home against Vancouver tomorrow night, Wednesday. And then they got a back-to-back Saturday and Sunday versus Minnesota and Carolina. Uh, Corey Crawford, he, I mean, he's been out for a little bit now. He's on IR with a concussion. Um, I th- I'm pretty sure we brought this one up already. So right now it's Cam Ward and Colin Delia. Delia is a really interesting one here. And the same could be said for, like, Mackenzie Blackwood. Um, really outshining somebody like Carter Hart right now. But Hart's getting a lot of the uh, a lot of the hype. I mean, Delia has been, like, 3-0 and so far. All right, games played three, wins three, save percentage 957 with a 1.66 goals allowed. Um, Cam Ward actually got the start today at the Winter Classic, so he did not play. I mean, this kid's three for three. He played two games back-to-back that wasn't um, – there was there was a day in between each, but then he lost the start today to Cam Ward. Uh, maybe just the, uh, the big uh, stage they were on, something like that. But it, he played against really good teams. He played against Colorado. He played against Colorado twice, actually, both in Colorado – he played against Minnesota, giving up only five goals in those three games, with a his lowest save percentage out of any of those three games was a 9.38. It was a .938, so that's still a really good save percentage. Uh, and then you got the guy, um, somebody like Mackenzie Blackwood, who he's won half his games in three straight with two back-to-back shutouts, which is really good to see. He's got um, a goals allowed average of 1.25, a save percentage of 9. .963 has just been playing really well as Corey Schneider is uh, dealing with an injury and Kincaid has just not been able to string together any good starts lately. So I was already talking about Alex Chason being on the IR with a knee injury. He had x-rays. 
Uh, they came back negative, so it doesn't seem like it's going to be super long-term and is due back to start skating t- tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow, Wednesday. you got to forgive me. I'm, my, my brain's still foggy with all the whiskey from last night. Trying to get a little bit of coffee in me there. All right, so David Backus, uh, he's going to be back January 5th. He's been suspended three games for a hit to the head. Uh, so his first game back will be, like I said, January 5th against the Sabres. Kyle Turris is on IR. He was seen in a walking boot. So this is going to look like uh, at least a week or two. Could be even longer. Ricard Raquel has no timetable yet on his ankle injury, but he has resumed working out. So, I mean, progress for the sake of progress. He's still getting a little better. Uh, JT Miller week to week with a upper body injury. Uh, Nolan Patrick. I'm just going to blow through a few of them. Uh, JT Miller week to week with an upper body injury. Nolan Patrick is going to miss a few games. So I guess you're going to be without his 11 points in 33 games for, you know, four or five days, whatever they said. Um, Whoop-de-fucking-do there, I guess. Kevin Shattenkirk, he has already returned. Whoop-de-fucking-do. Nick Bugstad, he is skating in a non-contact jersey. Um, Again, whoop-de-fucking-do. This could be the time if you lucky enough to have an IR spot available, maybe grab Cam Fowler. And just toss him in there for the next couple weeks. He has started skating on his own. Now, while that doesn't mean that it's like imminent because it's a face injury. I remember he got hit with that puck. It kind of like ricocheted off his stick and then smashed him right in the face. So I don't, I don't exactly know how skating like really pushes the needle here. But in any case, it feels like a step in the right direction. So he's on track for a mid-January return. So as of right now, that's two weeks. So if you have the IR spot, grab him, put him in there, and. When he comes back, you got a top power play defenseman. Uh, Alex Petrangelo has come back. He is playing on the second power play unit right now with Colton Perrieko. Uh, Patrice Bergeron has just been an absolute beast, kind of just making up for lost time there. Uh, John Klingberg, uh, it almost seems like he's just easing himself in. I think he's got like two assists so far, but it seems that all of Dallas is kind of struggling. Um, I'm hearing the words fucking and horseshit being thrown around kind of a lot, and that's mainly at Ben and Sagan. But, all right, just a quick touch on this one. Um, We had a, I mean, it's a perfect segue here. Fantasy Hockey Trades on Twitter was wondering, does the shit show in Dallas spark a resurgence, or is it kind of an exit plan uh, with talks of a rebuild in there? Do the trade rumors start flying? Do Ben and Sagan pick it up? Um, And I really just don't see, I don't see the problem here. I mean, I was writing about it the other day, and, the Ben Sagan and Radulov trio have accounted for 37% of Dallas Stars goals. So maybe you, yeah, I mean, you're paying, you're paying them some money. And I know that was a big issue that um, Lights was talking about. And you, you do want that point per game or better out of your big money guys. But I just feel like it's, it's a problem with depth. And it's not so much a problem with Ben or Sagan or anything like that. Ben's up to 30 points in 38 games. Sagan's got 11 and 21. So he's got 32 points. In 39 games, 146 shots on goal to boot, too. And forgive me if, if these stats are like a game behind, but I'm pretty sure I wrote this on um, on Saturday night. So Ben is seeing his lowest average time on ice since 2011 and 12, and Sagan is actually getting more time on ice than right now. So when you look at Dallas as a whole, they're middle in the pack. They're middle of the pack for the power play percentage. They're 27th in goals four per game and fourth best in goals allowed per game. So... From what I gather, management and ownership are just tired of being middle of the pack, from being mediocre, and they want to take the next step, and they want Sagan and Ben to, to lead the way, but this was just this was just not the right way to go about it. 
Ben and Sagan alone have accounted for like near 25% of Dallas's goals just themselves. And then you add Radulov in there and that number jumps up to 37%. So, I mean, you could look at what Colorado is doing right now too, because they have the same quote unquote problem as, uh, as Dallas does where they have a top line and then not really any depth besides that. But that's exactly why they're, they're moving, uh, Landeskog down to the second line and Tyson Jost up to the first line, um, playing on a wing now. They're just trying to spread out their scoring the best they can. We've seen it with Boston where um, one of the top three, one of the top line guys gets moved down. And uh, we've seen it happen time and time again in, in Dallas too, where, you know, it's Ben one week, it's Sagan, and then it's Radulov. And somebody's always on the second line if they're not together. But you don't have the depth. And I mean, um, Colorado has the exact same thing where you can't, I mean... Obviously, you got two of the three like points leaders in the NHL in Rantanen and McKinnon, but so you don't really hear that um, that negative connotation coming out of there. But still, you you got to figure something out as far as depth, and I think it's it's just taking out your anger on the wrong person. Anyway, so time to get back into the returns. Sorry, I kind of went on a a little rant there. Um, Matt Duchesne's back, and he's right back at it, um, scoring some goals. Matty Douche. Uh, P.K. Subban, he is back into it. He played 17 minutes in his first game back, which is definitely just... Um, it seems like they're they're easing him into it, a, a little bit at least. And then he played almost 21, and then he played almost 22. So it does seem like things are trending back into the right direction for P.K. Subban. Upon his return, uh, Victor Arvidsson also made a return to the Predators. He's top line, top power play, getting right back into it. Um, he led the way with six shots on goal in his first game back. I mean, we're really just waiting for Forsberg right now to get back, to get that top line back to where it is. Um, it was Rocco Grimaldi for a little bit. Uh, Colin Wilson, I think, saw a taste. Craig Smith. They were just cycling people in and out. And now that you got um, Kyle Turris on the, on the mend, uh, they're going to see some more bottom of the lineup changes coming for them. All right. So now what I want to do is I want to look at some line changes in the NHL. Um, we're going to go alphabetically for any of the ones that I found kind of... Um, Kind of interesting. Uh, Dick Panic and Derek Stepan are up on the top line with Clayton, Clayton Keller in Arizona. Um, and they're on the top power play while Alex Galchenyuk and Nick Schmaltz, who actually just earlier today was announced as day-to-day with the upper or lower. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, I don't remember, but he's he's injured. Uh, I don't know exactly, exactly what for, but it, it's day-to-day. I know that much. So the power play without Nick Schmaltz. Uh, you might see Jacob Chikrin get that look on the top Power play again, um, going in favor of the three forward, two defenseman route. Uh, but Jacob Chikrin, he's another really cool, um, really cool guy to um, keep in mind when you, if your team is dealing with all of these uh, defense defensive injuries, like a lot of us are. Um, Boston, um, while Marchand was out, Danton Heinen and um, Jake DeBrusque both had looks on the top line. Right now, they're rocking Brad Marchand. Bergeron and Pasternak, just as you would expect. And then they got DeBrusque, Krejci, and JFK, Jacob Forsbacher, Carlson on the second line. Uh, Danton Heinen, Sean Corrali, and Chris Wagner are the third line. But as far as the first power play, it's Marchand, Bergeron, Pasternak with Jake DeBrusque and Tori Krug. So I definitely like Jake DeBrusque as, as a good short-term add. Uh, Edmonton, with Chason being out, Ty Ratty has been seeing that top-line time. And fuck, you got, I mean, you got all these trades too. Brandon Manning comes in, Kajula's out, Yamamoto is going to see more time when he eventually gets healthy. Um, they do have a, an extreme need for wingers, it seems like. 
their center depth could be unparalleled if they were rocking McDavid, Drysdale, and Ryan Nugent Hopkins down the middle. But they need to stack that top line. And that's a, that's what they're trying to do. But they got Drysdale, McDavid, and Raddy on their first line. Um, I assume Milan Lucic is going to get a look in the top six again if they're moving up some left wings um, with Ryan Nugent Hopkins and yes, Paul Yarby. Uh, the third line, I would assume, would be like Zhuzhar Kaira, Kyler Yamamoto, and somebody. Um, we're going to have to see what their first practice looks like when they do get um, all of these players in. But I'm not seeing anything out of left-wing lock that really tells me um, how how to project their lineups as of right now. So left-wing, or not left-wing lock, daily face-off has Zhuzhar Kaira, Connor McDavid, and Ty Ratty on your top line. Tobias Reed, Leon Dreisaitl, and Ryan Spooner. And then the third line being Milan Lucic, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, and Yessa Pugliarvi with uh, your fourth line not having much fantasy relevance there. Um, it looks like Alex Petrovic, Petrovic, however, um, is going to be on the top pairing with Darnell Nurse. Maybe Brandon Manning on the second line with Adam Larson. And then a third pairing that doesn't really um, move the needle too much. And then first power play unit does feature Ty Ratty. And your big guys, Drysaddle, RNH, uh, McDavid, and Darnell Nurse. None of the new guys are going to get a look on the um, on the second power play. So, uh, just dealing with all of these injuries right now, it's it's going to be a lot of moving parts in Edmonton. Seems like Shirelli is kind of just making a collection of third pairing or worse defensemen right now, and he's he's got a lot of them. We are finally seeing William Nylander on. Align with Austin Matthews right now, and I'm pretty excited about that. The top six right now in Toronto is Connor Brown, John Tavares, Mitch Marner on the top line, Andreas Janssen, Austin Matthews, and William Nylander with Kasperi Kapanen moving down to the third line. So I think it is about time that we can get excited about Nylander. He's got what? He's got like those two points that he got in the one game, and he's been pointless in every other game that uh, that he's played since he's came back. So I'm, I'm pretty excited to see what Nylander can do alongside Austin Matthews, you know, his comfortable spot and everything, so uh, keep tuned. But uh, yeah, uh, I think this is finally when we can be rewarded for holding on to Nylander all this time. All right, Montreal, Paul Byron is going to see top line time alongside Drew and Adomi. Shaw is now onto the third line, but actually he's hurt now too. So um, you're going to see a little bit of bottom six shuffling going on there with Kokaniemi and Arturi Lekkanen. Um and then just checking in on the power plays, Jeff Petrie is still uh, sharing top power play duties with Shea Weber. So enjoy that, Petrie owners. New York Rangers, you got Chris Kreider back on the top line. Nemesnikov is with Hayes and Zuccarello on the second line. And Jesper Faust is on the top line as well with uh, Zibanejad. And from what I'm seeing, it looks like uh, the Rangers have been trying out that four, five forward approach that we saw Buffalo do and uh, Florida do last year. So that pushes Pionk down for the time being onto power play two. And that's that's kind of just like that. There's no other D-men playing on the um on the power plays at all. And that's that's all coming from the, the practice on the December 29th. So it doesn't necessarily mean that it's gonna stick, but it is interesting to see. Tampa Bay, you gotta look at somebody like Andre Pilat. He's on the top line with um Stamkos and Yanni Gord. And then you got Tyler Johnson, who's been doing really well with um, Braden Point and Nikita Kucherov. That second line is extremely productive. So you got to look at somebody like Tyler Johnson in a um, in a trade. Or, I mean, I don't think that you're going to be streaming him off the wire just because of how well he's been doing. But Andre Palat is somebody that you could grab uh, to get yourself that exposure to the top power play and to 
Yanni Gord, and Steven Stamkos. So another few guys that I wanted to talk about is possible streaming options. Uh, I want to definitely look at Dylan Strom, Brendan Peary, and Paul Stastny. These are three guys, I mean, Paul Stastny, just in the last three games, has a goal and an assist in each. And since returning, so he's up to nine points in 12 games played. And remember, he did have those three um, pointless games at the beginning of the year before going out with injury. So in the last nine games, he is rocking a point-per-game pace with three multi-point efforts in the last three games. As he is only... He's like 10% owned right now in ESPN. and But he's 32% in Yahoo right now. I'm looking at him as one of the solid ads. I did add him as he returned. And I think things are only going to get better when Pacioretty comes back. But as far as Brandon Peary goes, on the other side, on his wing, Brandon Peary has a goal and an assist in his game on the 30th. He's got five goals in his last six games. And two assists, so he's he's up to seven points in six games on the wing there. But Brandon Peary, he's getting added pretty heavily too, more, in fact, than Paul Stasny, although I do like Stasny better, um, considering Peary is going to be um, demoted, I would assume, the second Pacioretty comes back. And the last guy that we want to talk about is Dylan Strom. No points today in the Winter Classic, but he did have six assists in his last three games, two power play points and a goal. And that's just in his last three games. He had three pointless games in the games before that. A goal. and He's just kind of like sprinkling him in every once in a while. But he is really turned it on in the last few five games. Like four or five games. But uh, definitely somebody to look forward to. Considering he's getting that top power play deployment with Patrick Kane. He's playing with Patrick Kane at even strength. And Anisimov on the other side. So he's seeing really good minutes. Almost 20 lately. He's really low owned. He's under 10% owned. He's playing on the second line with Kane and top power plays, so that's that's what you got to do. So I got time for one more um, one more Twitter question right now. And Nathan Graham on Twitter at ngram house. Uh, I'm not exactly sure how to say your name there, buddy, but uh, that's my best try. So he's wondering about Dougie Hamilton and whether or not he can turn it around in the second half. And I do remember touching on this one in the last episode. It's kind of a double-edged sword here. You can't produce without the minutes. And you can't get the minutes without producing. So it does seem like he's going to need to stand out in that third pairing, second power play role. And that's going to be a tough job to do. They're not just going to hand him better minutes uh, based on his pedigree from Calgary and stuff like that. They got Justin Falk and they got Trevor Van Riemsdyk. They got um, a bunch of guys ahead of him in the depth chart. And it just doesn't seem like they're too big of fans. At least that's what it looks like to the naked eye. But Dougie Hamilton... His shot rate is obviously taking a hit because of the less minutes. And, I mean, it's just going to be... It's kind of getting close to cut bait time as far as Dougie Hamilton goes, but I'm not exactly um, sold on it because I don't think your replacement options on the waiver wire are going to be any better. Um, But if they are, definitely go for that. Uh, You can reach out to me if you need um, advice on that type of thing. Don't forget to leave me the options in your... In your waiver wire, like, who who are you thinking of picking up in favor of dropping Dougie Hamilton? Because you could still do worse than Dougie Hamilton. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's not exactly an ideal situation for where he was drafted, but that's what happens, man. So you just kind of have to take the good with the bad, and there hasn't been a whole lot of good. So see if you can find some good.